You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Rudo, Megan, and AJ on the show today uh, talking what's kind of left for the Colorado Avalanche? Megan, I know you and Jesse talked a little bit about Ben Myers uh, the other day. He obviously is signed now. The Avs have signed all of their contracts that are at least directly on the team. Did you guys get into expectations for Myers at all? Uh, just that it, it, a lot rides on his shoulders because it is a one year. It's very much a show me year for Ben Myers to seize the opportunity that is available to him in the coming year to make a better case for whatever his next contract might be. Because yep. I imagine so much of the conversation revolved around opportunity. It's why he chose Colorado among so many other teams that were interested in him. And so if he wants to remain a member of the Colorado Avalanche, this is the year to really take advantage of every opportunity that's given to him. And I don't think there will be a shortage of that. AJ, do you have him penciled in on the Avs roster at this point, or is this more of a training camp, got to earn it situation? Both. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I definitely I definitely have him penciled in right now, but um, if he has a bad camp, I mean, I think uh, just given the year that he had, it wasn't so good that he needs to be a, a set-and-forget guy on the NHL roster coming out of preseason. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that I feel pretty confident is going to be part of that math. Um, they gave him a one-way contract and you don't see the abs don't spend a lot of money on one-way deals that they don't plan on being in the NHL. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's pretty telling, but he is also the one guy that's waivers exempt. Um, so if he needs to, if they aren't happy with what they're seeing out of him, there is no threat of losing him via waivers if they decide to send him down. Uh, and everybody else, everybody else on the NHL roster does have that. So that alone might be working against him if he does not look very good. Yeah, I, it could definitely, I would not be surprised either way. I'll put it that way. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get significant time in the NHL this year. But I, on the other side of it, I don't think the abs are going to mess around with it. If he plays 20, 30 games and it doesn't look good, they're at a certain point going to say, hey, you had your shot. We're going to give it to someone else at, at, at a certain point. I don't know. I think what's been tough, too, is he obviously improved defensively, especially in what he was working on specifically in Loveland. But it was the scoring touch that plagued him at the NHL level. And my hope is that a reset between last season, because I feel like it was just a lot of misfortune, 
And seeing him have success in the beauty league yeah. over this summer actually is such a positive in my eyes to maybe jumpstart his confidence ahead of this season. So that maybe that isn't such a problem going into this next year. It, and it's, you know, it's it's funny thing because on the one hand, yes, it, it was ended up being four goals in like 34 games or something, I think, last year. You want more than that. But also, if that's... 10 points in 34 games, that's really good numbers for a fourth-line guy. So the margins are razor thin at a certain point. Just a couple more points would, would do him well, and, and we've talked at length about how if you just put him with a couple of other guys who could finish, he'd probably have a few more points. So I really do think... I don't know if he'll have an absolute full-time spot on the NHL roster, but I think expectation should be. You'll be seeing a lot of him in the Avs' bottom six this year, um, which isn't all that surprising, I think, but we are now here in the offseason. It's nearly August. This last remaining spot on the Avs' roster that is open or whatever you want to call it, and they have... $2 million, essentially. It's like a couple dollars over $2 million left in cap space. Uh, let me start here. Do you guys think the Avs will fill this spot at all? Or is this cap space that they're saying, hey, we want this flexibility going into the season. We want to be able to use this down the line somewhere. <laughs> I, I I think that there's they could fill it. I know we're gonna talk about some guys. Um they they could decide to fill an extra spot. I also think that they could be they they wanna see what they've got in a guy like a Jean Luc Foodie, uh and an Oscar Olausen, uh potentially in a third or fourth line role. Um on on that one wing spot that we're kind of eyeballing right now and saying, Well, we'll see. Um and if that does not look great, then that's where they, you know, this has been a team that hasn't been afraid to claim guys on waivers. And, you know, we all know that that preseason, the first month of the regular season, the waiver wire is far more interesting. Uh, and and that's where a lot of the claims do take place. So I, I, I think that that's, you know, that and then the possibility of, uh, a PTO, you know, for for a hurt for somebody that might be hurt, you know, and and there are a number of uh, of guys out there between Ethan Bear, Yessi uh, Puli Yarvi, and Patrick Kane are three guys who are probably going to be in the NHL at some point next year, but won't be healthy until maybe the new year, until December, and uh, they could be they could be looking around and saying, hey, we're waiting, we're waiting on that as well. Obviously, they signed Kovalenko this week and loaned him out. And now that he's under contract, uh, the expectation should be that he finishes that he finishes the year here. So you know, I you need to do something for the first sixty to seventy games of the season. But you know, I think I think that there are a lot of routes that they can take. I don't know which one they're going to, but I feel like they're going to do one of those things. And the answer is not going to be nothing. 
I agree with AJ's take that it won't be nothing. I love Zach Aston Reese season as well. <laughs> but I, I'm also looking keenly at someone I view as a preemptive waiver claim in Frederick Olafson and someone that they targeted pretty specifically for Colorado. I'm curious to see what he does and if that is someone that they have in an Anton Bleed sort of role straddling between the NHL and the American League as needed at the start of the season, very similarly to how Anton Bleed was utilized. They really needed his services more so at the beginning of the year than later. And I'm looking at someone like Olafson perhaps to fill that role in the immediate if they are going to do something like wait and see what's available a sure. little bit later down the line. And that would be where someone like Olafson comes in handy to, to satisfy that role. Because I know right now he's kind of penciled in on the fourth line, but I'm curious to see what they do if that is an area where an Oscar Olafson gets opportunity, at least yeah. in preseason, will realize as much. Um, and then perhaps Olafson's role is a little bit different than we imagined. And because of how interested they were in getting him in the first place, I have to imagine they have a little bit more of a plan for him because right now it's a little bit of a question mark for me. Oh, what you both are telling me is it's going to be a long August and nothing's going to happen for the abs. Exactly. Evan Rodriguez money <laughs> as of last season, like it what is, Evan yeah. Rodriguez was to the abs. And so that's what I view as something of a possibility is an Evan Rodriguez type of player who is unlikely to be available, but somehow still is close to the start of the season. And they just take a chance on someone like that. So let's take it here then first. AJ, you mentioned Patrick Kane as a possibility. I'm going to throw Tarasenko's name in there too, just because he's still out there and it's one of the better known names. Is two million enough? Can you seriously entice one of those two guys to get to Colorado for two million dollars? Um, there's not a lot of cap space left around the league. And you wonder how many how many like legit jobs are available for those guys? Are they really gonna sign with a team that's not very good just because they're trying to get that extra million or whatever? But you know, guys being that are coming coming off of pretty sizable contracts that have paid them a lot of money over their careers. You could even, I mean, this this would also extend to Tomas Tatar and uh, on the defensive side, even a guy like Matt Dumba, you know, is is a $2 million offer going to be enough to, to move any of them to, to feel a certain way? I, I guess we'll see. But, I mean, at this point, it's obvious that their markets, what they were looking for, it just never materialized. Um, and we know in the case of Kane, he's waiting to see how healthy he is and the different situations, uh, how, the, how the teams do at the start of the year. So he can kind of cherry pick his competitive team that he wants to go try to push across the finish line. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a different situation, but I'm... I mean, $2 million, it's not league minimum. It's it's not like chump change. Um, and I, I, guess, I guess it comes down to, and we talk about this a lot on this pod, but it comes down to what does the player prioritize? You know, we saw this happen with John Klingberg last year, and he still found a pretty hefty price tag at the end of the summer, agreeing to play for a bad team knowing that he would probably get moved at the deadline. But the downside of that is if you're, if you're serious about 
playing for a competing team, if you wait and try and get a seven, you know, a seven million dollar deal, even at max retention, some of these teams might struggle to fit that in at the deadline. So, you know, it's it's a uh, what are you what are you prioritizing? What is most important to you? And I they're just in terms of the teams that actually give a damn about winning hockey games this year. There just isn't a whole lot of cap space sitting out there. I think Matt Dumba is an interesting one who finds himself in Evan Rodriguez territory by still being available now. It's surprising to see that he hasn't been picked up by another team sooner. And I could see that being, it's interesting the tier or the caliber of player that's left available. It's like this upper echelon of players that are probably a little bit pricey, but because it's been the summer of one-year contracts, might be looking at something like that just to get through this next year. And then, like AJ mentioned, with two mil, it's not league minimum. There's a caliber of player that's like not rich enough for the two mil and is probably going to come in under that value. But do they fill the need that the Avs need? Like the Avs kind of need someone that has a finishing touch. It would also be great if they knew how to kill penalties and they need to be a little bit reliable defensively if they're being utilized on that third line where it could become a liability. So they need someone that satisfies quite a a few different things. And it's going to be interesting to see how they address that. I do think that's really interesting because, look, on the one hand, if Patrick Kane says, hey, I want to come play for you for $2 million or less, you don't say no to that, at least for on-ice reasons. You certainly don't say no to that because that dude put up, what, 56 points last year, I think it was. You just The value there is too great to turn down. But between him, between Tarasenko, I, I wonder even about a Matt Dumba, do they really make sense for what Colorado needs? I don't know. We've talked a lot about numerous different players. Megan, you already mentioned Zach Aston Reese, the the other guys that are still out there. Are are you seeing these guys' contracts drop? Are we talking about some of these guys as more like million dollar players than yeah, I think everyone would have said, hey, we'll sign Danton Heinen for close to two million earlier this offseason i would have advised against that (laughs) and it's because of the last couple seasons he's had specifically but that is the territory i think we're in is these players are perhaps looking especially depending on what their last year looked like like zach aston reese actually had a pretty good year last year compared to seasons before he might still be hovering around closer to the two mil mark but someone like danton heinen who's had two declining years in the last couple might actually be the perfect opportunity because he comes in at a lower price tag and has a lot to prove experiences the rehabilitating effect that the Colorado air seems to bring about in some players the boost in production that seems to come to players when they come to Colorado he would actually be an ideal candidate for it if the price was right but it would have to come in quite a bit lower than two mil at this point for a Danton Heinen type fair enough uh The other side of this conversation is do the Avs want to keep some cap space for doing something bigger? And we'll get into that in a second. First, I'm sure all of us experience this thing where you get home and you just don't want to cook. You don't have to with factor. It's that easy. Like, look, I've used a lot of meal kit services 
in uh, in my day. A lot of them are great. Don't get me wrong. It's it makes things easier, but none of them make it as easy as Factor does. With Factor, you get your meals. All you got to do takes two minutes, and they're good to go. You're ready. You're eating them. You're enjoying whatever meal of the day it happens to be for you because Factor has them all covered. They got dinner. They got lunch. They got breakfast. Whatever you need, Factor will serve up something delicious from you, for you, all the way from filet mignons to pancakes for breakfast. They got it all. So go check them out if you haven't yet. Uh, Factor is absolutely fantastic. Again, my favorite part is the fact that you don't have to actually cook anything. It just takes two minutes. You're good to go. To me, that's perfect lunch material where you're quickly just popping it in and then quickly popping it into your mouth. Because I factored. loved my factor yeah. kit. They the food was super good. I still have some of it because they they we gave smoothies ours. too. Yeah, they did give those. I loved those little smoothie drinks as well. I'm not much of a smoothie person, but my wife drank all of them. So good, no waste. <laughs> they've been finished for sure. Uh, you can go over to factormeals.com/dnvrabs50 today. To get 50% off your order when you're jumping in on Factor, uh, they're they're kind of awesome too. 100% of their delivery emissions are offset, and they source 100% renewable electricity for production sites and offices. So, sustainability uh, is kind of a big deal for them. Go check them out again uh, at FactorMeals.com/dnvrabs50 to get your 50% off today, and then. Other thing about Factor is you don't have to go anywhere to get it. It gets delivered right to you, so you can avoid a call to Bacchus and Shanker at two 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 two. Unfortunately, sometimes you do have to leave your house and, and go out and get food. If you happen to unfortunately be in a car accident or a scooter accident or a pedestrian accident, I, are those a thing? Can you be in a pedestrian? If two pedestrians crash into each other, uh, does that count? Is it I don't more know. like assault? I don't know. Yeah, I've, Bacchus and Shanker would know, I'm <laughs> sure. So call them instead or go to coloradolaw.net. You can call the two number today. They will give you a free consultation. And if they think you have a case, they will take it on for completely free. Uh, they're very, very good at what they do. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients in 25 years here in Colorado. So they know their way around the courtroom, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend. You pay nothing until you win your case with these guys. So there is no barrier of entry here. If you think you have something, even if it's like a work-related injury, Bacchus and Shanker has your back. So give them a call at the two number today or hit up coloradolaw.net and get what you deserve with Bacchus and Shanker. A second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast here. I'm looking ahead regardless of what they do with the $2 million, which we'll come back to expectations are the abs should be a, a cup contending team this year. Cup contending teams do stuff at the deadline. They make moves in season. Can the abs make it work with the cap space they have to make these moves? I'm assuming the answer to that is no. So realistically, how do they create cap space down the line? Are we back into this conversation about potentially trading Sam Gerrard for, for the correct piece? Are there other pieces on the lineup that the abs could be looking to move if the deal is right this year? I mean, yes. Like, 
I I think if depending on the kind of year that Josh Manson has, you know, like that could be a guy if he's hurt again, that could be a guy that they try a package a pick with and say, hey, we we've got a we're gonna try and move his salary to a team that is willing to take on the last two years of that deal that he's willing to go to, uh, or is not on his list, and uh, try to get somebody back that's that's helpful. Um, they don't like they don't really have an obvious candidate otherwise for somebody to move. You know, if if the Ryan Johansson thing doesn't work, they I guess they could try to move him because $4 million over the next two years isn't so expensive. They could always retain on him too. And we can just create this fun little retain chain on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, but I, I don't think that there's like a really obvious candidate for them, uh, to continue to move around. Uh, if they if like if they really need substantial space, obviously you can around the fringes between Olafson and Curtis McDermott, you can clear up, you know, just a, just a shade under two million right then. Fair enough. Megan, are you expecting the Avs to find a way to be a big game hunters this year, or will it be that more nibbling around the edges? It based on what they did last deadline. And how they handled even the one before, I see it being more nibbling around the edges just because of what remains with the core, who they'd be willing to move like AJ mentioned. I just don't know that there are many options within the core specifically. And so it is players that perhaps don't move the needle cap-wise as much. They're so creative, though. I don't know. I wouldn't count them out. Just light the CBA on fire and do whatever you want at a certain point. <laughs> just like this. Yeah. What, what if Vegas does. I mean, they just looked at it and said, no, <laughs> I don't, the the CBA is a suggestion. You know, where's the line? And honestly, with Vegas, what Vegas no, has done lately, they're too by the book. I think they take pride in, in that much. I think the abs do uh, at least are a little more forthcoming with it than Vegas is for the very least. Um, so, you're stuck in this position where this $2 million feels uh, the way you put it, as you said, they're targeting players that maybe don't move the needle as much. Is that the expectation? Should we be sitting here saying what the Avs have is the majority of their roster and whatever they end up doing is just going to be an auxiliary piece. Is that the right word? Should the should I allow my dreams of them doing something crazy like trading for Elias Lindholm or something die? Yes. <laughs> Please. Do you hate fun? No, I don't hate fun. I just it, it the time for them to do that was when they had two first round picks or when they had three picks in the top thirty seven, like. That that moment came and went, and now trying to build out a package for Elias Lindholm is going to be unreasonable. You know, that's a that's it's more like if you're looking at deadline stuff, it's more like a Mikhail Backlund if Calgary's in that position. You know, it's it's more like uh, any any of the guys that Arizona signed that won't stay there long term. You know, Jason Zucker's there for a year. Um, 
you know, guys, guys like that, guys that are in situations uh, on on the expiring, you know, the the old expiring deal. And there's so many of them because so many guys signed for cheap deals this summer in the i in the with the hopes of hey we're going to go for a bigger contract in the next year or two as the cap continues to take its sharp uh, a, a sharp rise you're you're looking at i mean it's there are going to be guys out there that can help you but they're more they're more complementary or even tertiary players they're not core pieces your core is built they are who they are at this point Um, I guess my next question then would be for Colorado specifically, and I understand we all know they're actually not that good at the deadline overall. They've had one really good deadline where they won the cup and the rest of their deadlines haven't been great. Are these conversations tougher for Colorado? Is the air that has been hmm. built around you don't trade yeah, with Joe Sack? Don't pick up the phone yeah. if Joe Sackick's calling. Is it harder for Colorado to get some of these deals done at this point? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So. It, <laughs> Should that shape the way Colorado approaches this thi these things? Is this why maybe they're leaving a spot open to try whatever of the options, PTO, John Luke Foodie, whatever? <laughs> is that is part of the reason because they know it's there's now the avalanche tax when you're talking to other teams? Well, and I think they're aware of that for seasons before this as well that it's why they don't act out of any place of desperation. If it doesn't make perfect sense, then they just pass. And so if they can't find a willing trade partner on the other end of it or a piece that makes sense, I think they'll just take another lap. And that's why I could see them waiting. So the way the Avs are currently constructed, I think they're still a very competitive team, even with that spot not filled. I now, agree. I'm not saying that they are going to win the cup as it's currently constructed, but if they're viewing it from this mindset where they don't necessarily pull a Florida and wait until the very end of the season to scrape into their <laughs> postseason, but if they play it just enough that with this current roster construction, they buy themselves in the time, some time at the start of the season to, to figure some things out with the current personnel, since there are some new uh, faces, and then target the deadline with some of that space in mind, and then maybe there is opportunity that rises with someone like a John Luke Foodie showing well at the NHL level and becoming a more desirable trade piece, which I don't like to speak into existence. But <laughs> you said it, not maybe me. they're <laughs> counting on buying themselves some time because right now there isn't something that's jumping off the page at them that makes sense. But there's no need to if this roster is still already pretty competitive. They can wait until a Jason Zucker becomes available, and so. That's maybe where I'm looking at. If they don't use the two mil, they will eventually in another way, shape, or form. I think they're just going to be really calculated about how they do that. I, I mean, look, I think it's pretty clear at this point, assuming even some, any amount of health, if you take nothing else from last year, a team with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, and Alexander Georgiev, going to be really hard to make that team miss the playoffs even if they are decimated by injury they still won the central division last year 
So do auxiliary pieces matter? Yes, of course. When you're trying to make a cup run, depth is important, yada, yada, yada. When you're trying to make the playoffs, the core of this team shouldn't have that much trouble getting there. I'm not saying... I would say... Go ahead. That um, one thing that we haven't really talked a lot about, um, certainly on any of the shows I've been on, has been it's hard to expect Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen to do what they did last year. Like, it's, it would be a lot to expect Rantanen to have a 55-goal season again. So if you do get even even tiny steps back from those guys, uh, you know, maybe you lose three extra games and you're not even close to winning the Central anymore. You know, like, maybe that's the, that's, that's the difference between a wild-card spot and a home ice advantage in round one. You know, but that's where that's where you feel like they're what they've done beyond those guys is has better built this roster to be successful this year, where last year's was almost entirely reliant on its top players to have crazy seasons. Um, but I do think I do think it is worth noting we probably should not expect those calibers of seasons again from those players. If they get them, good luck, everybody. Uh, but if they don't, you know, like they're still they're still going to be pretty good. I I do really like Megan's point though of them buying time, because buying time builds a bridge to Nikolai Kovalenko, who I do think could has a, has a good chance to be an impact player when he gets here. We don't know how beat up and how tired and whatever he might be from the KHL season, but if he if if he shows up uh, and is the guy that he should be, the guy that we're expecting him to be good luck everybody else i mean it's that colorado's top nine looks really 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 hard to deal with at that point and that's not counting in any kind of step forward from a guy like ben myers like i i i think that there's a good chance ben myers takes a decent step forward uh and if kovalenko comes over and is is the right wing answer next to miles wood and ross colton all of a sudden you are talking about a pretty deep lineup and and one that like we could we could get to game one of the postseason and your worst forward is andrew cogliano you know which would be a huge step forward from game one against what uh against seattle so you know i do think uh, i do think right now they are better prepared uh for can for for you know, the randomness of the hockey season, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I do think just say, Hey, just, just keep it in mind. They may, they may not get the same caliber of performances out of top guys. I think I'm fully on board with you on Miko. I'd be pretty surprised if he puts up another mm-hmm. literal record setting season for the abs. I, it could go either way with McKinnon, but there's a part of me that would not be surprised at all if McKinnon puts up 130 points next year. Like, totally. I I don't want to take that off the table. That's what I'm saying. He could just do ridiculous things and maybe actually challenge for a heart that he'll lose again to some oh, no. random BS. But you know, I'm just just throwing it out there. I I do think that's possible. We also casually glossed over Kale McCarr in that conversation who, if he could be healthy for a full season, could do something special too. 
and not need to lead the league in time on ice because he's utilized in every situation imaginable. Yeah. Some help there. Yeah, I heard, uh, Megan, I heard you make that point when you had your show with Jesse, I think, yesterday. And I think it's a, gr- it's a great point that letting Kale be Kale instead of having to have him be Superman will will do wonders for his ability to stay healthy and produce at the kind of level that we've come to expect from him. Um, just that, and reducing the wear and tear on him is a huge part of it. And, um, and I think building into that, when we talk about that extra, that extra $2 million, that's why for me, I feel more strongly about them getting another defenseman right now than, uh, than a, than a forward. So I do think, I mean, it's, I, I, I think that's, a very good point from Megan that she made yesterday and again today because we can, she should continue making it on all of these shows. It is it is a really really important factor that Colorado's depth be uh, earn the trust of the coaching staff to the level of not having to use them, you know, not having five or six Avalanche players averaging twenty minutes a night. That you don't want that. You don't want to be that top heavy. I I was going to get into this conversation anyway. $2 million left. Would you rather spend it on a defenseman? Oh, my God. Admitting I don't believe in Sam Malinsky. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but I do feel they need some insurance defensively that isn't Brad Hunt. And that is not a slight at Brad Hunt. I just view him more as the break glass in case of emergency player. And I want something a little more sure in case Josh Manson's health at any point is a problem for the Avs. It's, I mean, I think the way you just described that as compared to the way you described the forward core sums it up. The forward core, you go, okay, well, we can try John Luke Foodie. Right, man, I mean, Oscar Olausen's down there. We're all waiting for Kovalenko later in the season. What's right. their plan for Olaf? There's, there's four plans right there. With the defense, it's, I hope Jack Johnson's fine, and if he's not, can Sam Malinsky be good at the NHL? And that's the end of the list. So there's a whole lot less going on on that side that you're at least interested in seeing. You know, I, uh, you'll, uh, you'll come across the table at me when I say I don't think Amat's an answer there. Look, but <laughs> no, I love him so much. And Keaton Middleton's Shit. basically Andreas Englund copied and pasted. But I feel like he's just a couple steps behind in his readiness compared to where England was at when the Avs called upon him. And so even still, I don't want to see Middleton dressed for an avalanche game respectfully. That, and a, a totally fair answer where the defensive side just isn't at the level where it's like, okay, let's see what they have compared to the, the forward side where there are a couple of guys where you're like, yeah, I would like to see that. Let's, right. let's at least explore it. And it leaves the Avs in this spot now again where they have to make some decisions. It, if they sign Zach Aston Reese tomorrow instead of going and getting a defender, I'd have no problem I'd with it. I feel really good about that. Yeah. it's I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. But, AJ, it sounded like you were more on team defense signing as well if they had to do one. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think in terms of what they need and the caliber of player available when you have a Caleb Jones just sitting out there. You know, Caleb Jones is not you know, no great shakes as an NHL player, but as a steady, reliable, knowing what you're get getting third pairing defenseman, 
that's I, I feel like that's the guy that you look at and say yes please i'll have i'll have that like reliability there's a steadiness there this is a a, a role that he has played in before so there's a comfort level um and if it's not that, then, you know, taking, you know, waiting, waiting on a guy like Ethan Bear, also totally acceptable for me. Like those are, those are, I think their best options um, to, to immediately improve part of their roster that I am concerned about, I guess, would be that extra defenseman that you are comfortable putting on a PK uh, but is also a guy that can roll out there. And you're not relying on Jack Johnson as an everyday guy because Jack Johnson is way better suited as your seventh. And if you're one, you're one injury away from Curtis McDermott being on your roster and you're two injuries away from having a third pairing of Brad Hunt and Curtis McDermott. And that's, that's a, obviously no offense to those guys, but that's just not a position that you want to be in when you're trying to build the strength of your team on your, on your back end, your blue line is, is where you really want to have is where they've invested money into being as deep as they can be. And I think they need one more guy there to try and continue to build that group out. And if it becomes Sam Malinsky, fuck yeah. Like I'm all about that. That's a, that's, that's great. That's also a million of those dollars. Uh, because his contract isn't currently counting against the cap, that's a that's a million of those two that those two million dollars are spent on on Sam Malinsky. So uh, that's you know I'm 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 totally open for that uh, for for that playing out. But uh, you know we like people like I know chat has been throwing out whatever you know guys like Tyler Mott going down the line, and you're like yeah all right like these are in a you know Zach Aston Reese these are fine NHL players. They are inoffensive. They're not bad pickups. They're not bad players. They can help. They they have a role. That's all good and well. But which one, what's the greatest impact that you could make? For me, it would be investing that money on another defenseman. Uh, if that takes away Sam Malinsky's opportunity, I guess I would say fine with me to start with because somebody's going to get hurt eventually, and I think he'll get it. So um, I'm I, I guess I that's that's where biggest impact that's what I think it is barring a guy like Patrick Kane who has his own potholes you know but the upside of Patrick Kane even being seventy percent of the player that he was in his prime is higher than any of these other guys at a hundred percent. You've not encouraged me on all of the waiting talk so. I'm sad about August already, even though we're still, what, four days away from August? Uh, still got a couple of, couple of days before the, the true doldrums of the offseason set in. But you know what? I can pick myself up in the offseason by going to Illegal Pete's, all right? It's delicious burritos that are, they don't care about NHL free agency and trades and all of that. They just fill up my tummy with good tasting food. Uh, they also fill me up with fantastic margaritas at the longest happy hour in town from 3 to 8 p.m. If you haven't been able to get down at an illegal Pete's patio and enjoy their happy hour, you got to do it. There's 11 locations here in Colorado, which you can do it at. Pick a day when it's not raining, which uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. 
I have no idea what the weather's going to do here, but no matter the weather, Illegal Pete's has something tasty for you. So go check them out. There's one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. A great place to pregame uh, some uh, Women's World Cup soccer out here, uh, which every single goal that U.S. has scored has been scored mm-hmm. by someone from Colorado. So, you know, just throwing it out there. Colorado number one. It's where we're at. Uh, Illegal Pete's also number one when it comes to burritos. Uh, and then we're brought to you by another group of people that I definitely remembered. Oh, yeah, it's our it's our Shady Rays. Of course, how could I forget? Uh, again, on days when it's sunny, if you're out on the patio, get your Shady Rays on. Because unlike me, you don't want to stare into the sun and then have to get LASIK later in life. Because you're a stupid kid that doesn't wear sunglasses. Don't recommend it. Same. <laughs> uh, instead, you could just go get Shady Rays and look good while protecting your glasses. Or your eyes? Yeah, your eyeballs. I can speak. Uh, look. Yeah, you definitely don't care about protecting your glasses. <laughs> the whole point of glasses is to protect your eyeballs. That's like what they do. And they also help you see, I guess. But, you know. Uh Tons of different styles, tons of different polarizations, all sorts of awesome stuff over from Shady Rays. They have a style for everybody. Uh, go check them out at ShadyRays.com. Use the DNVR code when you order. You get 50% off when you get two pairs or more from Shady Rays. Uh, again, ShadyRays.com. Or if you're local, they have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall. Uh, Illegal Pete's stance on mayo on burritos is they'll let me put whatever I want on that thing. You can't stop me. You can't stop uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast here. I'm talking off-season stuff with the Avalanche, this situation. What's, uh, what's your comfort level in waiting? It, say, a, say a GSE Pooley Yarvi says, hey, I'll sign here for a million bucks or whatever. Would you jump on that today? Would you say, hey, I'm willing to forego the risks of how this recovery goes and you'll be back when you're back? Or is this a under-the-table agreement of we'll sign you in November or something? My comfort level with waiting is because I have anxiety, so it's it's a lot of discomfort. <laughs> However, I have watched the Avs do things very well. They won a cup. You know, yep. I have more trust in them than my anxiety leads me to believe. And so I'm actually okay with waiting. I wanted to emphasize AJ's point earlier about the defensive needs and why I think someone like Ethan Bear is worth waiting around for. Because in a Curtis McDermott, Brad Hunt world, that is Kale McCarr playing way too much hockey and being worn down, like we talked about. That's just not realistic, honestly. And so instead of that world of Hunt and McDermott, even if it means... Kale McCarr being leaned on quite a bit to start the season if there is reinforcement in an Ethan Bear down the line. I think that is worth waiting for because they really just need to to gear up for a postseason at that point if they can play decent hockey to start the season. And I believe they're fully capable of that because of who Kale McCarr is. It's who I want Kale McCarr to be able to be. And I think that is a possibility that they need to invest in a little bit and one worth waiting around for if need be. Not to dismantle my own point about how I'm not looking forward to August, but for Colorado, that's an extra month. 
they're going to get three full months of time not playing hockey, recovering. That's a team that you expect the core to come into next season ready to go. Able to do that heavy lifting for a month or two as they decide how they want to sort out the roster. So, love the point. Yeah, and uh, Evan Rodriguez signed on like September 8th or some shit last year. Like, it was like right at the end. So, you can, like, they, we're talking about like waiting through August. Like, I, we, we may not see a resolution of this until early September. So, uh, I, I would be fine. Um, hell, if they wanted to take a chance on both. YOLO, boys. Have at it. Man. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, those are those are both guys who could be really, really good fits in Colorado. As long as as long as you're comfortable with the health questions, which are obviously substantial. Megan's point of they're gearing up for a playoff here. This isn't about making the postseason. Guys like Curtis McDermott and Brad Hunt are completely fine to get you to a playoffs. As long as they're obviously not playing 20 minutes a night, but those guys can get you where you need to go in terms of getting you into the dance. But from there, you, you've you got to be able to, to raise your game, and those guys can't. We've seen two years in a row. Curtis McDermott, sure, we'll plug and play him all over the lineup as needed. If we really have to in the regular season, it's fine. The second the postseason starts, uh-uh. They were more comfortable playing 26 seconds of Brad Hunt in a Game 7 than even suiting up the guy that has played forward for them in each of the last two seasons. Like, they, you need guys that can make a difference for you and raise the floor of, that, of the fringe of your roster. You want to make the worst of your players better than the worst of the players on the other side. That was, whole, that was Seattle's whole shtick last season, was our worst players are better than your worst players. Now, our best players may not be as good, but we will drown you in four different waves of, eh, they're okay. So, we'll, you know, like, you need you need those guys. Pooley, Yarvey, and, and Bear both check that box. Patrick Kane checks that box. He just does it with a lot more name ID. Uh, so I hate to, I hate to end the show this way, but the reality of it is for the Avs that we just have to wait and see. And what did you, what did you think? They were going to sign somebody in the middle of our show again. They're out Man, of people to sign. Can hope. All right. The way you uh, teed that up sounded like you were about to drop a bombshell no, on us. No, Seriously. I am I'm going to drop some super chats on you, though. We do have a couple of those. So uh, $5 from Zach, who says, hey, fam, you're the best. Anyone like F1? Not anymore. F1 is great if you just ignore the guy winning every race by half a minute. And don't root just, for Ferrari. I, but <laughs> I just no, I just want Max Verstappen to have one bad day during a race. It's been like a year. Like nothing has gone wrong to him, uh, for him in forever. Not like even in the middle of a like. If that guy started in twentieth every single race, he would still win. Charlie would stop sucking up all the bad luck. Maybe some could go to Max Verstappen instead. <laughs> Thank you for the five, Zach. 
Uh, $10 from Melanie, who says, just stopping in to say hi. Hope you all are having a great summer. Take care. Melanie's the best. So far, so good. I don't know. We're deep enough into summer now where I'm like, okay, can hockey come back, though? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got another, like, 45 days of not hockey, so... Uh, and then $2 from Vaguely Sober, who says, bow season. An interesting conversation for another day, no doubt, of how much the Avs stake on bow taking that next step this year. I'm sure it's something we'll get into. If you guys haven't already, I guess, I don't know. I didn't listen to your show yesterday. but We didn't, yeah, we didn't talk about Bo. There you go. So it's only 44 days to cover now for for our podcast. We've got one <laughs> Next topic. show is yeah. <laughs> solely about Bo Byram. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. Anything else you guys want to add in the Avs roster, filling spots, stuff like that? No? No? All right. We're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. Uh, make sure you guys go over to FOCO after today's show. Uh, that's FOCO.com. I would say order your Avs bobbleheads, but... You might want to order your Nuggets bobbleheads because they're going to sell out really, really soon. The championship ones go super fast. Uh, use code DNVR when you order to get 10% off. I think it's free shipping as well. Uh, of course, they also have licensed apparel. If you want your Avs jerseys, if you want all sorts of merchandise. We have a weird amount of non-Avs fans that really enjoy our show. So they have your team's merchandise too. Go check them out if you're a Kraken fan like Jake or something. Aww. Uh we appreciate all y'all. There is one more, and it came in before the show started. So oh, not, oh, we got another one? Okay. Um, just wanted to remind everybody that we are doing the DNVR Locker Summer Sale. Um, shirts for every team are 25% off with one, with one item up to 50% off. Um, DNVR stuff is 33% off. Hats are $5 off. Hoodies are $10 off. And then everything in the golden era... Um, nugget stuff is $5 off. There you go. So never been a better time to go to the DNVR locker and get your DNVR merch. Uh, tons of stuff on sale for you. Whatever, whatever Colorado sports team you might be a fan of, jump on it right now. And mark your calendars, August 18th. We're doing the live show in the bar. Come say hi. We'll be doing meet and greets. Uh, don't make me sign anything. I always feel super awkward when people tell me to sign stuff. It's don't make me do that, but we'll be around to say hi. You can watch the show live in the bar again, August 18th for that. So yeah, okay. mark your calendars. There'll be more news on Twitter or X. Like, should I call it X <laughs> now? I don't know. Uh, follow DNVR avalanche on Twitter. You can find all of our stuff there. I think the All Hail Kale one is the shirt for the Avs that is 50% off. It's a good shirt. That's a really good shirt to choose. So. There you go. Get your get your 50% off the best player in hockey. That easy. That's good. Uh, again, we appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you tomorrow, I guess.